I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. Hey, it's Arlen. Welcome back to your first million. How you doing? How's it going? Seems like every time I record one of these. So much has happened in the world and in life that you just can't even, I couldn't even pinpoint what I'd want to talk about. Um, but right now, recording this in the uh, the July 4th uh, weekend, and I hope that you all are safe and, and having fun, and I'm seeing all your, your uh, pictures and everything, and I know some people are having a great time, some people are really anxious, uh, there's a combination um, so just kind of shout out to everybody. Um, sorry that this affects people in such a strong way, you know, the fireworks and the loud noises and everything for, for some people and, um, for others, I'm just really glad and grateful that you get to be with your friends and family. And this is kind of what Biden was talking about. Uh, he said you might be able to have some outdoor festivities by July 4th and here we are, it's happening. Do uh, keep an eye on this Delta variant, though, please. Uh, you know, th- we're not out of the woods yet. We are so much better than we were. You haven't heard me yell at anybody about masks in weeks. We're doing a really great job, but please keep an eye on this Delta variant. It's not just clickbait. It's not just to have, some, have something to talk about. It's real, just like the first variant and the 10th and the whatever. And if you, if you watch Loki, you know that variants are real. Okay, um, <laughs> so go ahead and uh, 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 just do a little research, have a little information, awareness. If you don't already, I'm, I'm sorry to assume that you don't, but if you don't already, please do, just so we can nip this in the bud. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, go back to an episode that I did back in um, earlier this year, a few episodes back, where I actually take you with me on my first vaccination appointment. And it's there's no trigger warnings, I don't think, because it's very calm, in my opinion. Um, so just check that out. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, you're on the fence or you're scared or uh, you have sort of religious beliefs about it or anything into that nature, if you wouldn't mind just listening to that. And if you still feel the same way afterwards, at least, uh, you know, you heard my take on it. <clears throat> and yeah, we'll go from there. Um, otherwise... Uh, the world is weird and <laughs> continues to be. Um, 
I've watched so many movies with my wife, Anna, in the past few days. Like, we've watched, like, 13 movies in the past probably month, probably even less time than that. Just one after the other, all over the place. We have a list that we add to, and we just, every time we watch a movie, we end up adding two movies to it. You probably can relate. But that's been a lot of fun. Um, And... uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff that's was thirty years ago or twenty years ago. I'm, I have as as cultural reference these days. So I'm trying not to refer to it. So you saw, I saw the Loki. I said the Loki thing that's current, but I also wanted to talk about Ghost and Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> you know, so uh, oh, and I showed Anna set it off. Showed Anna set it off. She loved it. Oh, that's one of my favorite. It's one of my top three favorite movies. I think. Uh, maybe top five now that I've seen more movies, but it used to be one of my top three. But it's like one of my top five favorite movies of all time is Set It Off. If you have not seen it, please do. Please do. Last thing I want to say is I want to give a special shout out to everyone who's gone through my investor course, my investing as a catalyst course. If you went through in May or in June in cohorts one or two, shout out to you. I'll see you uh, in our special group that we have. Um, it's just been a thrill. If you're in currently in cohort three, the July version, 2021, um, I am just so thrilled to get to know you these next few weeks. And, you know, we are, we are venture catalysts. If you saw, I was on the cover of Fast Company 2018. I will not stop talking about it. By the way, people ask me, when are you going to stop talking about it? And I say, I don't know. When are you going to stop talking about being on the cover of Fast Company? What's a good timeline for yours? So if you if you saw that cover, if you haven't seen it yet, just go look it up. Cover of Fast Company, October um, 2018. They called me, and I had nothing to do with this. They called me a venture catalyst. And I love that. I loved it so much because I never really uh, saw myself as too much of a venture capitalist. I mean, I am one, and I have disrupted that that lane um, but I don't kind of sit in that same spot. I don't feel like I am a venture capitalist. It wasn't something that I wanted to be and have on my desk. But a venture catalyst, oh yes, every day, every night. And that is what you all are going through this course, investing as a catalyst. You have become venture catalysts. So I just want you to, I want to give a shout out to you. Um, there's more than a hundred of you that I'm shouting out. And many of you would have heard about it first on this podcast, so hopefully you hear this, and I'll do it on I'll do it everywhere on social. And I also want to say uh, the best is yet to come. We have uh, I have a few more ideas for us because I think this could be a movement. I think this could be really really big. And so even if you've already gone through the course or you've already signed up for the course, it's not over. <laughs> There's some cool stuff that I have in mind for for this movement of venture catalysts. So. Uh, leave it at that. I just want to say this episode is fire. This is, uh, this, I mean, this interview, this is Chacho again. If you saw last week, Chacho stepped in for me to, to record. He did an amazing interview with Yak, uh, co-founder Jordan. Today he's interviewing Top Knot, uh, which is another backstage capital portfolio company. And Chacho is just a natural at this. He is really, really, really good at this and makes me want to get closer to the to the screen, as it were, and hear more and understand more about the person that he's interviewing. So I can't wait for you to hear this. 
thanks, Chacho. Uh, I think we have one more in your series coming up, which is too cool. Hey, give Chacho some love online. Uh, he's at Chacho Valadez on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you hear this week, last week, uh, anytime you hear Chacho, just send him a little bit of love um, because he stepped in. He didn't have to. And um, he did it like with really short notice. Um, and he just came up with some amazing, amazing questions that seemed like he had been preparing for this his whole life. So I have a feeling he has been. I have a feeling he has prepared. He had been preparing for so many things his whole life so that when luck meets opportunity, he's ready. Okay, I'll talk to you all soon, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Top Knot. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have Claire here, and I'm Chacho. I'm a principal at Backstage and also a chief of staff to Arlen, and I'm your guest host for today. My first time doing it, so let's see how it goes. I, <laughs> um, I love this for you. <laughs> thanks so much. Claire, you want to introduce yourself and uh, what your company does? Sure. So I'm Claire Chiral, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of TopKnot. Uh, TopKnot is a women's coaching system. Um, we work both individually and with peer groups, but the basic idea is that we support women to get clear on what they want and then go after it with purpose. Very succinct. Thank you. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, oh, I, I guess, uh, what is the sort of, what drove you to build Top Knot and why are you building the company? Yeah, so my background is actually in public education. So I graduated from college and uh, did Teach for America and I was placed in Oakland and I think I had a sense of what it would be like to be a classroom teacher and that was all wrong. I mean, it was the most challenging and beautiful and dynamic work I had ever done. Um, I ended up staying far beyond my two-year commitment. So actually this year, I still volunteer teach one course, and this was my 11th year in the classroom. <laughs> um, but all throughout that time, I was working with young people who were brilliant uh, and who had like the whole world in front of them. And yet, like, oftentimes we're looking for me as like a person who navigated the world with a lot of privilege for guidance and mentorship and, you know, I don't actually share many identities with the, the students that I taught. And so in some ways, my advice was relatively worthless, right? But, you know, I could open doors. I could do a lot of things. The, the real turning point for me was when I actually became a coach to support other teachers and started using some of these like same tactics with the young people I worked with. And like, in order to be a coach, you need to fundamentally believe that everyone has answers within them and you are just asking questions in order to draw them out, right? And once I changed that orientation, uh, you know, every, people know what they want. They don't always know how to tap into it, right? And sometimes it's not immediately obvious, but we have a sense of where we get energy or what our passions are. Like, it just takes time, patience, and a lot of really powerful questions to draw that out. Um, you know, I have a coach and my coach is hundreds of dollars an hour and it's such an incredible privilege to, to have her and to be able to work, uh, alongside my co-founder. So we actually, it's like kind of like couples therapy a little bit, but you know, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is not accessible to most people. And so what we wanted to do is say, okay, how do we bring the best of coaching all the way downstream? So we actually offer coaching as at, at, at as little as $1 a month. Um, we have a subscription model, but like 
we, we were like, how do we actually bring this so that it is like remarkably accessible, like radically to people who maybe didn't actually even know coaching existed. And the way that we've been able to do that is through leveraging technology and community. And what we're saying is we can actually support the conditions and create the space and teach you the skills in order to be able to peer uh, coach and support others. And so there's no need for facilitation or a professional facilitator. And there's not actually a lot of room for advice um, the, the expertise is held within. Um, and so like, this is, this is the radical thing that we're doing. And, and I think, you know, so frequently people don't realize that the, those at the top, the ones who've made it quote unquote, they have so much help and support. They have all the access to, to like anyone that they would need in order to, to make it to that next level. But like, People who aren't yet there, they deserve that as well. And we are just uh, on this this mission to make sure that everyone gets that clarity and and is able to goal set with purpose, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, I I'm so jazzed on what we're doing because it really does feel like an extension of a lot of the work that I did in the classroom. And I think uh, you know, as as adults, as millennials, as like Gen Z uh, people who are newly entering the workforce or like figuring out what they want with with this life that we have, right? Um, it's uh, it's just really critical to have relationships that are learning focused and and spaces that are just around growth, like we we don't really have that unless we construct it or if we're really like privileged to, to carve out that space. Um, but yeah, we, we're just trying to make that uh commonplace. Yeah, that's great. And how would someone get started if they were interested in, in um, learning more? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me give you the exact directions. <laughs> so uh, you would go to topknot.app and you would click to start your journey. And actually what we offer, because we know a lot of people who are coming into this world, maybe haven't experienced coaching themselves, or maybe have this sense that they're stuck or that there's a change they want to make or a challenge that they want to overcome something that they want to be different, but they actually can't put their finger on it yet. And we welcome that entirely. So we have sort of two pathways into the product. One where it's like, I know exactly what I want and I'm here and I can't wait to get started with my group and I can't wait to be reflecting on my own. And then we also have another way that that helps you evaluate your satisfaction across a bunch of different areas of your life. Everybody is complex. Everybody has a lot of things going on, um, but oftentimes doing Doing that evaluative work, asking yourself some some pretty powerful questions, unearths a place for you to start. This is a lifelong journey, so you know right, <laughs> once yeah. you're there, uh, there's a lot that you can do um, to to make progress on your own terms. But um, we are definitely aware that there are people who have been craving top knot in their life, and like now it's there for them. And then there are people who. Uh, are like top knot or like self-growth curious and uh, have questions and have a sense that something needs to be different, but, but need that support to figure out what that something is as a first step. Totally. What's some of the uh, customer feedback that you've received that's been the most fulfilling so far? <laughs> um, oh, there's, there's so many incredible individual stories. I think, I think a thematic that I find really interesting is that oftentimes um, people, people come wanting answers and 
so frequently we've been conditioned to go look to someone to ask them how they did it, right? Like even the premise of this podcast, right, is that people are sharing their story um, with the hopes that like, you know, you might be able to take some nugget. But honestly, like as a teacher, you're there's something called like zone of proximal development or like what you actually have like cognitive capacity to be able to take in and learn at that moment. And, and one of the things that we know um, being educators starting this company is that like, in order for you to make sense of something, like you have to have like openness and a framework to be able to understand. And so oftentimes, you know, like somebody telling you their journey it might feel really great, but like actually making sense of it is hard. It, to put it in an extreme, if that worked all the time, then we should just make a million like TED Talk videos and just sit down and then you would like have life figured out. Like you have to have it make sense for you. So the feedback that's like really powerful, I think, is when people like unleash an answer for themselves and they're like, oh man, like that, that was it. Like that was me. Like I figured it out. This was a realization that like, I didn't even know I was capable of making for myself because I was so, I wanted to read all the books. I wanted to ask all the experts. I wanted to like really just have someone give me the answer key. And they realized that like somebody else's answer key isn't it. I think, you know, honestly, there's one other that's quite recent where the person was like, oh, well, you know, I really loved my group and it's amazing. And I'm going to step back. And we were like, no, why? And they're like, because everything feels really great right now. <laughs> and so that's like a very, uh, nice. it's rewarding, but it's also a good push to think through like, well, what does this journey look like? Like we have part of the path forged, but like, what is, what is the lifelong journey look like? Yeah. And it's pretty incredible to think that we're all forging our own journeys and our own stories and no one is alike. We're like, we're, it's like the snowflakes. We're all like, just different shapes and right. yeah, it's, it's, it's like, that's just fascinating. Hey, it's Arlen. I'll get you right back to the interview. I wanted to pop in just for a second and talk to you about my all access program. I don't know. Have you heard about it yet? Um, I did a little bit of promoting just a few weeks ago and it kind of went ham. So I stopped promoting it um, to catch up. But it is um, really a 12-month access program to me and to other people. Uh, it's like an inner circle, if you've ever seen or heard or been part of one of those. It's like a mastermind, if you've ever been part of that or heard about it. Um, and it's limited in the spaces because it's, there's a lot of bandwidth that goes into it and a lot of thought and, and care. And it is a higher price, and it is it is quite expensive for for most people. I mean, um, to be quite frank, but it is something that <clears throat> that I <laughs> five years ago, six years ago, would have just made you know made a goal for myself. To be honest, and I wouldn't have been able to do it at that time, but I would have made it a goal, and I would have figured it out. And in fact, I did something similar to that. Um, if you know about my my Stanford. Uh, two-week course thing that I took in 2015. You know, if you heard that story, you know that I did, in fact, make that happen. So anyway, it's 12 months. It is, uh, even though it's expensive, it's, in my opinion, discounted if you compare it to a lot of other things that I do and would I charge for other things, like speaking and consulting. And every month we get on line, we get on uh, virtual with 
the other members, me and the other members, or the other members and I. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone correct their grammar in an ad before? Um, so we, we get online, we talk for a couple of hours, and we just we um, present to each other and talk to each other about our work and about our lives. And so much comes from it. I can't tell you too much because it is a private sort of situation, but I, right now we have 12 people in the program. And I started this back in September 2020, very um, closely guarded, had about uh, seven people join over the, you know, like once a month or so, two a month. And then a few weeks ago, I opened it up again. And I thought it would take, I said out loud, I said it will take probably three months to get to get to a dozen. For at seven, it'll probably take three months. It took like a week and a half to get to a dozen. So now we're at a dozen really, really amazing people. And I can already tell that this is going to affect my life uh, very strongly. So, uh, man, once again, I have the best seat in the house and I don't know how I got got to hear. It's just really cool. But we all talk. And then twice a year, we're going to get together in, in real life, in person, and uh, for a day or two and have some some amazing um, uh, things happen at, at that. So that happens. And then on top of that, you get my, as a member of All Access, you get my direct phone number. It's really my cell. And you are able to text with me um, and ask me questions or tell me, keep me posted between calls. And so that's been really valuable for some people. Some people really love that part of it. Some people don't use it at all, but it just, it's like, it's kind of tailor-made for whatever works for you. So there's a few different angles. And then there's some bonuses. So the bonuses are, uh, you kind of learn about once you're in. Um, if you are interested, if this makes, if this is interesting to you at all, um, please know that it is a $15,000 investment in yourself. And today, and the price will only go up. So 2022, the price most likely will go up and so on and so forth as long as I continue to do this. But if you feel like you can afford that, if you feel like this is the right season for you to be doing something like this, to sort of um, to have that camaraderie. And what I'm trying to do in this, and I should have said this earlier, is I want to at least double your ability to impact others. I want you to be able to attract more money, to attract more opportunities, to attract more network and resources. And by the time you finish this 12 months with me, I, I believe you'll be able to double the impact you have today. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, go ahead There's uh, go ahead and email me. Email me at arlan, A-R-L-A-N, at arlenwashere.com. So A-R-L-A-N at arlenwashere.com. Send me an email in the subject, say all access, and then tell and then tell me that you're interested and I will send you more information. Um, that's how we're going to play that for right now, just because we don't have a lot of spaces for it. So we don't want it to be overrun with applications. It is an application process, by the way. Um, you have to apply and not everybody gets in, again, because I'm building sort of this, this group that I think uh, really complements each other. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's the play there. Uh, it's been amazing so far. There are some testimonials that I'll show you. If you write to me, you can see more people before you make that big plunge. Um, but that has really, really been amazing. And it's one of the favorite things that I do in, in life right now. 
Um, if you're interested in other things, there's always my book. There is Arlen'sAcademy.com. Um, there is Investing as a Catalyst course when we open back up. Um, there is plenty, plenty like this podcast that's free. There's a lot of free game that's out there that I've put out there every single, every single day of my life the past decade. So go for it. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, let's get back to this interview. It's so amazing. Let's do it. How would you say being a teacher has informed you as a startup founder? Yeah. So I give all the credit in the world, uh, to well, just teachers, like (laughs) this is the right year to give credit to teachers. Um, but I would also say, so when I think about the, the skills that you need in order to be a successful startup founder, there are people management, making choices and constraints, um, having a sense of, you know, like an experimental framework. Um, so much of my classroom experience was, you know, I have this sense of where we're going, but there are 32 young people in this room of which all have different senses in, of like what they need. How do I create a, an experience that's actually not like the lowest common denominator, but actually meets everybody where they are? Um, lots of dialogue. I mean, so there's so many right. things like you are actually like the manager of uh, the experience of 32 people and you are getting so much customer feedback. Like I just remember in my first year, um, you know, like kids told you how bad you were. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. They were very clear on that. And, you know, having, having been somebody who um, experienced a lot of success and like created a lot of success, like that was a very humbling and beautiful moment for me. And if you really listened, there was so much data and feedback about what, what the young people in my classroom needed. Right. And so I was able to get really good, um, you know, like national teacher of the year level good because I was really in tune to listening. And and I think uh, the best products are the ones where you're listening to your users and you you don't have a predetermined mission. You have a sense of like the values that you want to bring into the world, but it could take so many different shapes Um, and teaching. It's just such a creative outlet. It is. when done well, it is the most responsive to what you're hearing. Um, and, you know, we, we're a community-driven product. And uh, my classroom was, despite me talking to you right now, <laughs> pretty entirely student uh, voice-driven. I definitely, like, people would come watch me teach and they'd be like, why are you sitting on a stool? And I'm like, don't you see the magic happening in front of you? Oh my God. Like, do you know how much work it took to put these structures in place such that like everybody knows what they're doing and they, they have like the freedom to like talk and make choice and whatever, you know? So that, um, if you're out there and you can fund fund teachers because they like know how to manage, um, and they, they've worked through incredible constraints (laughs) and, uh, Yeah. And I just think I am so fortunate that that was the first, uh, like career that I, I opted into, but, but not knowingly enough. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day I can return to the classroom full time because I just love it so much. Um, but until then so much of who I am and the way I move in the world is informed by my experience in education. I love that. My wife um, used to teach fourth grade and I always tell her like she'd be an incredible startup founder because 
She's just so you have to be like resourceful. You communicate all the time. You have to deal with these kids who are unruly at times and just like everything you described, it's, um, it makes a lot. And you, you do, you have to be sort of customer first, customer thinking first, essentially with your students because you're putting their priority in play and in line. So, um, that's really cool. Uh, how would you say is like, um, the difference between someone going to therapy and someone having a coach? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I will answer it um, and say that there's like a ton of thoughtful stuff out there. And it's most important that you get what is like the thing you actually need. And so one of the things we ask people as they're signing up, uh, particularly to be in community on Top Knot, to join a Top Knot group, um, is whether or not they're like in crisis or um, to really, to put on a scale essentially for themselves, like whether or not this is the right thing for them. But the way uh, that I find it most compelling to to think about the difference is that coaching is very forward facing. Um, It is about, you know, saying what you want and making a plan to go after it. There are certainly reflective practices in there. There's like introspection. There are elements of coaching that feel quite therapeutic. Therapy, on the other hand, um, is really like looking back at patterns, behaviors, events, et cetera, and like unearthing what that means for you. Um, I'm not a therapist, so I I shouldn't (laughs) comment as extensively on it. Um, uh, But yeah, like definitely coaching when done well has you facing forward and thinking about what if or what could be. Um, and just the possibilities uh, that are available. And hopefully, you know, hopefully in the best case scenario, people would have access to both because like uh, one informs the other, right? Um, True. Yeah, I'm definitely, I I, uh, I have like a deep past in athletics and I'm actually uh, at the US Olympic trials for track as a spectator this week. So I've been thinking a lot about uh what athletics has done for me. And particularly I'm here, uh, my coach is here as well. And, uh, there's a reason why like athletic coaches, uh, use a lot of the same skills that like executive coaches that, you know, as life coaches, et cetera, because, um, having somebody invested in your success, but ultimately like you are the person to implement, uh, you are the person to, to go after it. And you're the person to make sense of why that's important to you. Like, a huge boost. Like it, it's the thing that, uh, that helps give you, um, that accountability to move forward, that drive to move forward and know that like other people are on your team. Yeah. I think, you know, I've considered getting a coach, um, for the, in the past few months. And I think one of the, um, Gosh, get a coach. Don't <laughs> this is your moment. I need to, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, uh, sort of the impetus to it was that feeling of like, you're always sort of striving to be better and to better yourself and what you do. But then at least in venture capital, the feedback, feedback loops on whether or not you're actually good as an investor are so long. And so like, how do you create like, like good feedback loops or how do you create a plan to continuously get better over time and, um, not just like plateau essentially. Yeah. Well, 
so <laughs> in the interim between my full-time classroom teaching and uh, starting Top Knot, I likewise worked at an early stage VC. So I totally resonate with this. And I think, so on one hand, we do have this obsession with like more, better, bigger, and like that actually might not serve, right? For some people, rest is an action. Well, actually for all of us, rest is an action, but like for some people, like recognizing that the, the pursuit of, of, uh, these things that we've like culturally deemed as like excellent might not actually be the most fulfilling. And so like, I do want to hold that, like these continuous cycles of improvement, like top knot creates a lot of space for you to say like, actually that that's not really the thing that, that lights my fire makes me tick. And I think what you're calling out is the need for different types of data, right? Obviously in venture, there's like returns and money created and more funds raised and, you know, rounds participated in and all these metrics. Um, But what really might actually be the thing that, that lights your fire is working with that like individual entrepreneur. Or it might actually be like, hey, I feel really good when I'm connecting or I'm I'm creating opportunity for other people. And so like, I'm going to start to look at the ways in which I am utilizing my time um, such that I'm like creating, creating more opportunities for networking or interest for, for these people who I really care about. And like those things don't just come up unless we're doing the reflective practice. In my own career, um, I, my fire gets really lit when I impact the one to three kids a year that whose lives were like meaningfully changed because I was in it. And I also light up, you know, at one point I was um, on a, a state board for the implementation of computer science for all of California. And there was just this moment where it was, it was very clear to me that the decisions that we were making were going to impact millions, right? And like the weight of that. And, and those are two very different ends of the spectrum. Whereas for me personally, I'm not actually sure that I would love to be a principal because I think I might feel too far, far away from the students and not uh, like enough, for, not high enough in the system where I'd like see my impact or my decisions trickle down. But like that has taken a lot of work um, for me to say, okay, where do I feel most alive essentially? Oh, I feel really alive when, when that kid cracked that one thing or like got into that one school or had that one realization. And I feel really alive when I know that the work that we are doing and the way the equity framework that we put into it, like that's going to persist beyond me being in that role. Like those things feel really great, but like, I didn't just you know, it took like a lot of work and a lot of work with my coach, um, in order to figure out what, what's the, what's the impact that like actually is meaningful for me. And it does not have to be the same thing that's meaningful for somebody else. In fact, it's to your snowflake point, it's pretty unlikely that it is. Um, so yeah, I, the, sometimes personal growth feels soft and squishy. And a lot of people come to top not working on confidence or living a life aligned with their values or even figuring out what their values were like are in the first place and articulating them. Um, but I think in the squishiness, it gives us the opportunity to see, to see our work and our progress in a different light. 
And in a really metrics driven or like a promotional ladder type scenario, it's really like critical that we have other ways to see our growth because otherwise it's just so binary. And I think oftentimes we are, uh, not inclined to see like where we've like shine or where we're exceptional if the system is communicating something otherwise. Totally. I think that's where my therapist has been most helpful is like, yeah. he's able to be like, okay, no, you actually, this is really great or no, this is actually very difficult. And having that third party there to shed light on truth is really helpful. Yeah. Um, what would you yeah. say are like, either common misconceptions or things to avoid or even things to look for when you're finding, looking for a coach? Yeah. Well, I think a common misconception is, uh, that it needs to cost hundreds of dollars an hour or that only people who are in traditional positions of leadership are the ones deserving of it. Like those are probably the two, uh, most common misconceptions because that's how the system has been designed thus far right? We, when things are relegated to the elite, they're designed for the, the customer base. That's uh, like, that's the ones actually paying for it. Right. Um, and so oftentimes, like, even if, if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking about your own company or like who in your system has access to executive or leadership coaches, et cetera, it's like often people at the top, as opposed to uh what I think would be the more appropriate move, which is people who have a ton of untapped potential. Um, and we don't know what their, what their limit or ceiling is, or even if that, <laughs> if the ceiling exists. Right. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the common misconception is that, uh, coaching is not for you. Right. And it is, it's a, like, for you, if you're listening to this, like you deserve a coach, you do no matter where you are on your journey. And uh, your wife's a fourth grade teacher. I'm sure oftentimes like, you know, that's when kids are transitioning from learning to read to reading, to learn, right. Like helping them through that trans transition point is monumentally huge. If you are like currently a high schooler, like you need to figure out like what that next step is. Like we, we put a ton of pressure on them. If you are in a job that like feels like a slog, like that might not be your thing. <laughs> like life doesn't have to feel that way. Right. And like, yes, their mobility and choice is like the ultimate in, in what we're trying to help people create. Obviously like this is just one part of, of a broader system, but I do think we leave a lot on the table by limiting, uh, by limiting ourselves from asking ourselves what we really want, because oftentimes we have more agency uh, than even we allow ourselves to, to fully embrace. Yeah. Yeah. That's really impactful. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. What, what would you say is the, or who, which teacher or coach, since you said you are in athletics has had the most impact on your life? So, um, I'm gonna, well, he gets the advantage because I'm here, <laughs> but I'm going to give it to my college coach, Jim Bevan. Um, and, uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but in which sport too, by the oh, way, <laughs> sorry, tracking <laughs> no. and cross country. Cool. Um, yeah, I think the reason that he, he made me a much better athlete for sure, but the reason that he was so impactful is that he 
he's given me like the nicest compliment I've ever received, which, uh, was essentially that any day of the week, he would give a full scholarship to somebody who was able to organize the team in the way that I was able to. But what that really gets down to is, is he allowed me to, to basically share a gift of really deeply caring about how to create community. Um, and gave me like the, the authority and the support. And even though there, I mean, my team had future Olympians on it and people who were much more talented, but he held up my contributions in a way that allowed me to feel really proud of my impact. Um, yeah. So just a lot of like uh, self-worth work. <laughs> yeah. That's um, so important. Yeah. But I, I think uh, the orientation that I would that I would, you know, position as like just a, just food for thought for anybody who's listening would be for the mentors or the people in your life who have, uh, like more experience or who are there for your guidance or who are your managers. Like if you can begin to see them, uh, through like a learning lens of like, what do I actually want to take away from working with this person? Like for, for Jim, what I wanted to take away, I thought was like how to be the fastest athlete, but ultimately it was actually like, how do I, how do I want to be the human that like leverages my unique gifts? And, and he let me see that. And like every, every boss I've ever had, like, I always have this like curiosity about what that person can, can help me unleash within myself. Um, yeah. Which I think, shifts from like authority, right? (laughs) It's more, it's less like, oh, you're going to tell me what to do and I'm going to just do it because I trust you. It's more like, well, what do I want? What questions do I want to ask myself as a result of being in your presence? Wow. Yeah. I'm just like taking notes over here (laughs) during this interview. So thanks. I'm glad. Chacho, get a coach. It's so great. It's revelatory. And then tell everybody that they can get a coach too, because it's totally affordable. Yes. Um, my last question for you is, uh, what do you like to do for fun outside of work? Mm, I have a golden retriever named waffles and I have a, uh, a quarantine kitten named rally, but fun fact, she, I applied for 25 cats at the San Francisco SPCA before I got one. I got wow. her in Oakland, which just, I should have just gone to Oakland first, but okay. Um, and the reason that I think I got her is because her shelter name was chicken and somebody at the, <laughs> the uh, shelter had a sense of humor, you know, chicken and waffles, but I, I just really love animals and I spend an inordinate amount of time just like talking to them and playing and, uh, cuddling and going on walks. And they're just, um, besides my partner, Bill, who's incredible. Uh, they are like, they're my best friends. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. If you, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I try to keep it profesh really do, but I'm also like, Oh my God, look at how cute my cat is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. A big animal lover as well. We have two dogs. And so, uh, but yeah, they're, they're like part of the family. They are family. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, speaking of Twitter, where can people find you and Top Knot? Yeah. So uh, my handle is at CKL Shirelle um, and Top Knot's Twitter is at Top Knot app. And yeah. Yeah. 
like we post really fun content and we have questions to get you thinking, but also uh, Top Knot is totally free to start. And in order to get into a group, we want to make sure that people are uh, literally and figuratively bought in. Um, but like I said, we do have a really progressive pricing model where uh, full price is $20 a month, but it goes all the way down to a dollar because everybody deserves access to this. And uh your ability to pay is should not be a limitation as far as uh, your ability to to have to to get clear on what you want, right? Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, Claire, and thanks for being such an awesome guest. Yeah, and it's always a light to talk to you. So thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate this, and uh, you know, if you want to take over, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you you did an incredible job. <laughs> thanks. You heard that, Arlen. I'm taking over the podcast now. <laughs> I'll co-host with you. It's good. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Sounds great. Thanks, Claire. And yep. uh, everyone, have a good rest of your day. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen Was Here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton, associate producer Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist Tobey Nguigwe.